0: The Angels 2014. The Angels And first pitch crushing! Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of Halo's in the infield podcast with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. The Lone Star Halo, Fernando. There you go. Viva Los, Texas, Edo. No? Yeah. Viva oh. the Texas burritos. There, there you go.
1: Even though I'm in Chicago right now.
0: <laughs> Beautiful Chicago right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, hear it, the gun- really, it looks like my bed. And <laughs> we want to see you hear the gunshots.
0: Yeah, the gunshots. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's culturally inappropriate.
0: <laughs> I just call it like I see it. Anyway, yeah. we're, there's gonna be no long PSA on this one, so sorry about the last episode, but we had to do some uh, little uh, closet cleaning. But as we start this uh, week's episode, obviously there's a lot to talk to talk about. We're gonna break down the trades, and we're gonna talk about the other teams and what they did. So we're gonna fa- uh, focus heavily on the Angels, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get it started, Fernando. What do you want to hit here
1: first? Well, I, I, we wanted to come on and do an episode um, about the trade deadline and, and the moves that were made. Obviously, we had our special yesterday. We were on for about three hours, and people got our live reactions. Our live reactions. Some people completely agreed with. Some people were completely like, "You guys are overreacting," you know. And now that we've had some time to marinate on these things, look at the numbers. I'd like to revisit the stuff, and I'm sure you would too. You seem to have a very, you know, similar kind of mindset that I have now. Like, okay, hey, let's take a step back and reevaluate.
0: Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and and we kind of break these down. I think you're you've dived into the numbers. We're gonna get some analytics on here, and we're gonna find out hot and cold streaks as uh, Fernando's been doing the homework. And so uh, we're gonna see. Uh, he's gonna break it down. He's told me he's calmed down a little bit. Uh, Fernando's <laughs> initial reaction, if you're watching the live. Uh, He was pretty upset and shocked, and so was our boy Dominique, uh, who was leading the show. Uh, It was very surprising, a very surprising day because the Angels pretty much were being criticized through the media for standing pat for holding up on Otani. And then all hell uh, rang loose the final uh, one to two hours left of the show.
1: Yeah, so let's go ahead and review the moves. um, And then, you know, I I guess we'll kind of go from there. So the first move that was made was Brandon Marsh being traded for Logan Ohopi. We have gotten the correction on the pronunciation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Sindergaard being traded for Mickey maniac and Jadiel Sanchez. And last but not least, what was definitely the bombshell was Rysel Iglesias in exchange for Tucker Davidson and Jesse Chavez. Yes, I, not Jesse Chavez.
0: I can officially say He's not my closer.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so thoughts
0: on Marsh because you were heavy on Marsh. You were you were very critical out the uh, out the start of that one. So let's. I want to get your reaction now that you've been able to, to think about it.
1: So this move to me is still a little bit of a head scratcher. Okay. Now you know I'm still going to get the people who are like you're an idiot. This is a good move. We don't we've never had a, a good a good catcher. I mean, let's be honest, this is not an organization that's had a rich history of long-term catchers. Yes, you've had some Molinas roll through here. Besides that, I mean, we're talking about Mike Napoli and Chris Sayonetta in the as a possibility of being one of the better catchers in franchise history.
0: Yeah, there's not much to it, basically. I mean you had to go Boone? back to Fergosi and stuff like that.
1: Was Bob Boone?
0: catcher? Bob was a catcher, Yes.
1: Okay, well, there you go. so yeah, we we, we got to go a pretty decent distance back. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about any guys who are who are long term catchers and who are mainstays in the organization as as a catcher. Not exactly a rich catching tradition. nope, in this organization. Mm-mm. So with that being said, yeah, okay, this is an organization that clearly needed an answer at catcher long term. Yes, you have Max Stassi for, I believe, two more years after this. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, it seems like it's it's very common knowledge amongst Angels fans now that Max Stassi is not the comfortable <clears throat> catching option for most Angels fans. Do you feel comfortable with Max Stassi as the main catcher for the next two years?
0: <clears throat> no, because I look at this year as an aberration with the management and then the coaches. I think with new coaches next year, his numbers will come up a little bit. I think he's going to get back to maybe Max Stassi 2021, uh, maybe not strike out as much. So I do like him in that regard. He's not the best defensive catcher. And the other thing that bothers me about him is this guy can't go more than two or three games in a row without having to sit a day or two. So he's not a guy that's going to play over 100 games. You're going to need a, second, a good secondary catcher. And for two years, we've had no good secondary catchers, meaning Kurt Suzuki's been terrible. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I would be more along the lines if we had a number one catcher and then had Stassi as a backup, I'd be perfectly fine with that.
1: Yeah. I, you know, and I think one of the biggest issues is that Max Stassi was primarily known for his defense. You know what I mean? That's the reason why he's kind of stuck around. He, we got lucky with him with his bat in 2020 last year had an average bat, but uh, you're absolutely right. And I mean, our boy Randy called him in the very beginning, right. Of the season when he said, this is not a guy who's gonna say healthy and this is not a guy who should ever be your number one randy mm-hmm. was adamant about that from the beginning lo and behold he was right well wait, 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 wait. I mean,
0: he was i could feel his head getting bigger as we speak but go yeah
1: ahead. yeah <laughs> exactly so then i was gonna make a joke <laughs> <laughs> i know you're re- really reluctant there y'all how <laughs> <I don't know>. about <laughs> oh, well, even i have a line i don't want to cross <laughs> I'm like, Randy, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, I mean, in 2019, he only played in uh, 30 uh, 20 games with us. I've obviously that was after the trade 2020 played in 31 games and I was obviously out of 60, uh, 2021, uh, 87 games. And then last or this season, it was 67 games.
0: Yeah. And, and last season be noted. He, he had a concussion, He had uh, nagging injuries off and on, so he didn't even get any kind of bulk of the playing time. And he still put up decent enough numbers, and he's far – I mean, we would love for him to have the numbers he had last year, and they're they're not anywhere close this season. But I I still think a lot of these guys in this lineup next year and the guy we traded, Marsh – would have benefited from a new coach and new hitting instructors and hopefully batting practice. Cause remember this team doesn't take batting practice. So hopefully next year we get back to that with a new manager and everything else in place.
1: Hey, hey, remember they, they took batting practice a couple times in the field this year and you can tell it was rare because it was noteworthy.
0: Yeah, exactly. They
1: were actually reporting it. You know, we had our beat reporters reporting it. I mean, Max Stassi batted two forty one last year. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're hoping that he returns to the form question mark. <laughs> yeah because I feel
0: like at his best he could probably get you 260. He could probably get you a decent amount of walks and he could probably hit you about maybe if he were to play let's say 110 games, he could probably hit you about 10 home runs and about 43 RBIs.
1: Hey, and you take that. You take would, that for sure.
0: I would definitely take that. And yeah. but if you, but if you had a number 1 who was maybe doing maybe about 15 to 17 homers, 60 to 65 RBIs, and about a two, 260 average too, 260, whatever, right? that Those two players combined get you over 20 homers and over 100 RBIs. You'd take that from your catching spot any day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one positive thing that we're not touch- talking about in terms yeah. of Max Stassi is lately he's done a really good job of getting on base. The pandemic season, which obviously we don't count, but anyway, he had a 352 on base percentage. And then last season, he had a 326 on base percentage. So the guy gets on base, that's for sure. The problem is, can he once again maintain a healthy glove and can he stay on the field? That's That's been the issue. Can he stay healthy? Can he return to a gold glove caliber defense?
0: Exactly. Uh, and that's the problem with his team. His team evaluates, and they still think, I think, in some ways that in how social was, defense first. And sometimes they'll just over, you know, overplay the defense and not worry about the offense and I think that's where we have a problem and an issue here because uh you know with his stats Stacy's only thrown out I think I want I want to say about 21 percent of the base runners and it's even worse for Kurt so it's not like we're leaving these guys in here for defensive purposes
1: yeah absolutely and um so now that I've really gotten to sit down and really think about it. So let's talk about Logan um, Ohoppy and uh, what he's got going on. So he was drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies in the 23rd round of the 2018 MLB draft. And I believe he was a top three prospect for the Phillies, and he is now the Angels' number one prospect. The Angels also go from the lower 20s to the high 20s in terms of uh, top farm systems in baseball. Doesn't seem like a big jump, but Logan himself made the angels go up about four to five spots. Is that sad? Yeah. A little bit that one player makes such a difference, but you got to remember he is a top 100 prospect. So in no way am I knocking Logan and what he might potentially bring to the table, but I still don't think that Brandon Marsh was the guy to give up. I, I do think that there's guys you could have given up. We'll get to that in a second. Um, let's real quick, talk about Logan's numbers. China. Yeah. Pull it up here. So this season in double a reading in 75 games, he batted 275 with an on-base percentage of 392. That is huge. 392. The guy gets on base. He's got a good eye. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh has not had a good eye lately. His, his big thing has been swinging of pitches out of the zone and the strikeout number has been way up, right? Yeah. He's striking
0: out half of his at bats. That was just terrible.
1: Exactly. In 316 plate appearances, Logan has struck out 52 times. And last season, in 100 plate appearances, he only struck out 15 times. Oh, sorry, that was at, that was at fall ball. That was an Arizona Fall League. And Arizona Fall League, for those of you guys who don't know, is just about where the cream of the crop in terms of prospects go. And in Arizona Fall League, he batted 299 with a 440 on base percentage. That's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, we're we're not, you know. Look, I'll put it this way: with what happened with Cindergard, and then what happened here with Marsh going, we talked about this on the trade show. They were they were aiming for Toronto's plethora of catchers, and they just didn't get him. So the fallback was this guy Ohapi, and, and he's not that bad of a fallback, like you're like you're bringing up a high on base percentage. You know, uh, it's been frustrating to watch Stassi this year as a catcher in the seventh inning strikeout looking on a borderline pitch. And he's like looking back at the umpire like, what the hell was that? It's like, no, Dick, you know the strike zone all night. You're back there. You're the last one that should be caught looking. And he's been caught looking a lot. Marsh, uh, like you said, struck out a lot of pitches. He was leading the team with 117 strikeouts prior to the trade. There's no doubt he's going to better his swing, whether he would stay here in Anaheim or go to Philly but uh, this catcher Ohapi, uh, you know is going to bring something new to the team i'm i'm interested to see if you have any defensive uh, stats on him or or what his uh, uh percentage is of throwing out base runners
1: um i don't at the current moment but i'll look for that right now
0: okay but this guy again like you said a great number one, uh, you know, a, a number one prospect like this all automatically jumps Bachman and the rest of the guys in this in this uh, organization bumps us up a few notches. This kid could be on his way up here. Maybe he gets a spring training invite. I don't think he's coming up this year. But he gets.
1: He, he's projected. He was projected originally to come up in 2022. That okay. was his original projected thing, according to the prospect page.
0: Well, the way we're blasting players and especially pitchers up into the majors, maybe he does get a shot in September, but I still think uh, he's going he's gonna to get a spring training invite, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Because, again, we're going to have to see what the Angels do in free agency, too. So that, that could hold him back a little bit, too.
1: All right, so he's got a 990 fielding percentage throughout all four of his minor league years, but he does only have a 26% cut stealing rate. Got you. Not bad. Not not horrible. Well, that's a worse numbers.
0: Better than what we got in the major league roster. That's a, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, I'm
0: I'm to be honest with you, Fernando, I'm I'm not to I'm not looking for a Martín Maldonado catcher. I'm yeah. I'm not looking for a guy who's just you know we're getting in there for defensive purposes. I'm tired of that. I'd like to see some production from our catcher. So this guy coming up there and doing some damage getting hits i'm not looking for him to hit a lot of home runs just get on base singles doubles and walks dude i i'll take that any day of the week wouldn't you
1: uh, max stassi has only thrown out 20 percent of runners uh for his career mm-hmm. and i mean keep in mind max stassi is considered a pretty good defensive catcher so you know perhaps i owe logan an apology there but um you know, honestly, I, I think this is one where I'm not on the same boat. You are my friend. I think uh, catchers need to be defensive. I'm old school in that mentality. Okay. Uh, I think you can get by with batting 220 if you're a very good defensive catcher. Uh, you know, Austin Hedges was a guy I've wanted to see in an Angels uniform for a while. Not because he's a good batter. The guy can't hit himself out of a wet paper sack. But what Austin Hedges is very good at doing is commanding a pitching staff, commanding a, a ball game, calling a good game behind the dish. And if Logan Ohapi can do that, then that's something that I'm willing to, you know, look at and judge him on that capacity. You know, this has been a lineup that typically doesn't need a a hitting catcher. This year is obviously the exception because our offense has been pretty stagnant for the large majority of this year. And it's led to a lot of losses, let alone shortcoming kind of losses. Buttercup games, really. Hmm. Well, that's... Uh, what- that's where I, like
0: we're on opposite ends because the only reason why I would want offensive catcher or you would have two offensive catchers is the fact that, yeah, when you do hit losing streaks or struggling situations, uh, you have, you have someone that can come through in the clutch. Whereas like, again, like a guy like squid, if the rest of the lineup is hitting, you know, squid doesn't matter if he just sucks out there. Cause that's what Houston was able to get through without making that trade. Houston had eight good hitters and it didn't matter I mean whatever whatever Maldonado gave you it that was good because he was worth his weight in gold in in throwing guys out and uh, also framing. So, you know, that <laughs> they they can afford to have him bat 160. I the Angels just don't have that luxury the way their lineup came out and so um, right now I'm looking offense, you know. Could be wrong, but I'm just looking offense right now.
1: Yeah, and, but I think the other piece to that is you gave up Brandon Marsh, who overall has been pretty fine uh, defensively sound.
0: True, and and but but again, his bat was struggling, and it's going to be one of those where you hate to see him go, but you're getting a good prospect back, and then you know he's going to take off in Philly. Like I'd be shocked if he doesn't turn his career around even this season, but I would say next season, watch him just take off.
1: Yeah, I, like I said, this is the one movie. I, I don't hate Logan Ohapi now that I'm really going to do some research on him. I, I, I've cooled off a little bit. But once again, I mean, I personally, this, this is still a trade that I would have made. I think there was other pieces that you could have traded to Philadelphia. You could have gotten perhaps O'Happy so in you know, on the Syndergaard trade. But like you had said, obviously, there was something else. You know what I mean? They expected a different deal to go through, most likely with Toronto. Toronto said no. So the Angels are like, Okay. Yeah,
0: Toronto, want, uh, the Angels wanted the the number one prospect catcher from the the Blue Jays, who is only not up there because Jensen and Kirk are up there. And Kirk being the all-star, Jensen being, a, could be a, a starter on any other team. But he's Danny, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so they were going for the, you know, they figured Toronto had enough guys. Let's make a trade for, you know, uh, send, a, send a guard over there. And to me, that would have made that deal worth it. I would have been like, hey, yep. there you go. But in all actuality, it looks like they just traded for another Brandon Marsh 2.0.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I had said yesterday, and I do stand by this part of my statement, that Brandon Marsh had the ability to be a pillar in this organization. You know, we're in a different breed of baseball, people. This isn't the buy championships, and it works. And if you don't believe me, the Angels have been trying that for a couple years, right? Mm -hmm. They've been trying to buy pieces that they don't have in the minor league system. You know, they've spent a lot of money. Artie Moreno spent over a billion dollars on failed free agents during his time in Anaheim. So I don't think, whatever Angels fans say uh, that Artie doesn't spend money, I don't think any of us mean that Artie doesn't spend money. I think we more mean that Artie doesn't spend the right money. He doesn't trust his guys. He keeps stepping on his own toes. You know, I made the joke that I've never seen Artie Moreno and Jerry Jones in the same room together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're very similar. Difference is, I, I definitely think that Jerry Jones doesn't get in his way as much as Artie Moreno does. And also, Jerry Jones hasn't been linked with as much illegal activity as Artie Moreno. Not Jerry Jones has had the scandals, but nothing like Artie Moreno has. Oh um, yeah,
0: he's 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 just gotten his uh popsicle uh messed with with uh certain frat chicks but yeah uh,
1: exactly you know
0: but i will i will say this about jerry jones real quick not to cut you off but just real quick no, uh, jerry jones at least knows you know he he's he's actually you can look at jerry jones you can ask him and you could see that he's actually been involved in drafting players he's been involved in signing players so he knows the game of football he's been around it he, he may not make the best decisions all the time the luck of the cowboys whatever but I would trust him 10 billion more times than Artie Moreno. I know Artie is not in there with Perry. Like, yeah, yeah let's, let's threat this guy. He's not in there like that. Like, like the great Roger split, Lodge. Split. Yeah. <laughs> and the great Roger Lodge is like, yes, everything in this organization has to bow down and give thanks to Artie Moreno. Artie Moreno does everything. He, he is the cog that keeps this machine going. Do
1: you think that Artie listens to AMA 30?
0: i think so because you think so i think so because he gets he loves ESPN back. programming no <laughs> <laughs> i think when there's something positive and he knows that you know uh roger's gonna say something oh you best believe he wants to get his honked honked a little bit you know what i mean
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah exactly I'm, I'm gonna go in there i'm gonna call that show one day and i'm just gonna be like hey i have my halo honk and it's gonna be one of those bicycle honks you know you know huh? Eh. You
1: know, the horn. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, yeah, uh, like I was saying, man, I, this is still the one move to me that I don't hate. Logan O'Hoppe might be a good um, major leaguer in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yep, so could Brandon Marsh. And um, this is going to be a, tr- a theme that I say multiple times. So, this is going to be the first time that I say it. This is the kind of move that if you're Perry and you're a genius mm-hmm. or you're a jack these are the moves that get people fired yes yes you know and it'll be the same thing when we get to the El glacius trade these are the moves that get you fired if this move doesn't pan out you are looking for a job my friend and chances are there's not going to be a lot of organizations who are going to be willing to give you an opportunity when you belly flop on you know a guy who a lot of people in baseball thought was going to be a serviceable major league player in the form of Brandon Marsh. He was already at the major league level. You did the bulk of his development. I mean, were we really at the point where we were willing to give up on Brandon Marsh? Now, if it's Logan, a for Joe Adele, I don't think many of us are scratching our heads. You know, we might be like, Oh, we might've wanted more for Joe Adele, but I think like Dominic said yesterday, a lot of angels fans are pretty out on Joe Adele. You know, there's nothing to see here. Let's keep the game the show moving. We've seen enough out of this kid. Good luck somewhere else. Yeah. But with Brandon Marsh, I I feel like, you know, there was enough signs there that Angels fans weren't willing to part with him, you know, even for a good piece. But you know, it is what it is. It's a rebuild move. Like people were tweeting at us, you know, Angels fans are always angry that we don't rebuild. This is a rebuild move. How do you hate this move?
0: Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox from Halos in the Infield. Have you ever thought of owning your own Amazon store? Amazon is making a killing nowadays. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about people making additional income through Amazon. And that's what we all need to do, especially with the price of gas soaring, food prices on the rise, and the economy taking a fall. So why not make some extra money? So there's this company I know about called Riley Ecom who can help you set your own store up without having to spend hours learning how to run it. They do everything for you. So if anyone is interested in knowing more about owning an Amazon store or has any questions at all, please call Jason at Riley Ecom at 562-455-7154. Tell them that Todd Fox sent you. Once again, that's 562-455-7154. Because who can use some easy money right now and some extra money? I know I can. How about you? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's... I think a lot of fans are torn because again, Brennan Marsh, no matter what his struggles were, no matter his accomplishments, people appreciated his hustle aspect. Like you brought up his defense, the fact he was really kind with the fans, throwing balls, always getting autographs, always taking pictures. He felt like one of our guys. Cause he was one of our guys. He came through our system. So it's going to be hard for a new guy like Jadiel Sanchez uh, to come up here. And what was the other guy's name? McKinTech or whatever. Um, to, to get the, to get the love right away because they're not our guys. Davidson. Yeah, David. Davidson, I'm sorry. Uh, but they're not our guys, you know what I mean? So like there's a, there's something different for, for you having basically a guy who's come through your system. You can watch in different organizations of this, uh, of the organization or different um, levels of the organization, I should say. And then the fact that all of a sudden now, you know, he's off somewhere else. So that that's, I think, the hardest part for any, a halo honk right there. And then the fact that, yeah, you don't know what you're getting back. You're hoping this catcher Ohoppy pans out. And you're hoping the replacement in the trade is going to be just as good, or if not better. But, you know, we just don't know yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, and another move that we haven't talked about yet um, was the DFAing of David McKinnon. Oh, see – as mad as you were about
0: Marsh, that's uh, how mad I am about McKinnon.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of people who are like on the Calling All Angels Facebook group that are like, oh, McKinnon, who's this guy? And I'm just like, okay, McKinnon was a proven, you know, minor league hitter. You know, he, he's been on fire the last two years yep. and arguably has been the best minor league hitter over the last two years in an age in, a, uh, in the age organization.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. And he was a guy that was like, we interviewed him last year and he was, you know, on the trash pandas. He came up to Salt Lake, played really good. He came up here. Uh, it's like in the post game, I, I got upset because it's like, okay, you, you're turning the team, the season's lost. You're turning it over to guys like McKinnon and Stefanik. You got to give them opportunities to hit in the lineup every night. They gave him a couple nights and then they're like, nah, let's sit him again. Or let's play him every other game. Or let's pinch hit him. Or let's start him, but then pinch hit for him. Let's start him at third. No, let's go back to first. You're fucking with him every night and you can't get any kind of consistency. And I felt that that's why he hit a couple uh, where he hit a streak where he was like 0 for 12 or whatever. It's because they they were messing with him. But if you look at it on the outside, between him and Stefanik, they were the best guys at taking pitches, getting walks, getting singles. They weren't hitting home runs because they didn't need to. And that's what you needed to do. When they were in the lineup, the team was better. And you take them out of the lineup, you put Squid in there, other retreads we've already seen enough of. You're not giving these guys a chance. And then look, lo and behold, they both went down for no reason.
1: And then you DFA McKinnon with no explanation. Yeah. Uh, David McKinnon in 2022 for the Salt Lake Bees had an on base percentage of 429.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And last season with the Trash Pandas, on base percentage of 380. Yeah. This year, he was batting 324 with the Salt Lake City Bees. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no explanation, you know, especially because they, if you're going to DFA him, I mean, that's a piece that you probably could have traded off to somebody. He had to have had some value. I'm not saying you would have gotten, you know, Juan Soto for David McKinnon, but I feel like David McKinnon could have helped you a little bit of the trade market. There had to be some value for him. You know, there's a lot of teams out there who needed a bad, uh, you know, and, and a fringe level bat. You know, he isn't, I would say, a major league ready bat. Sure, did he come up here, have a small sip of coffee, and didn't perform? Yeah, but, I mean, his own basement was still almost 300.
0: Yeah, and he was, he when called upon in pinch hit situations, I think was like three for five or three for six. I mean, he was pretty clutch with a few RBIs. So it's like, give him a chance, let him play more. You you didn't get a big enough sample. Like you said, a cup of coffee is not going to do it and we're acting like we're a world series team like oh we can't put the rookie yeah. in there it's like come on man put yeah. the damn rookies in there give
1: them a chance so that's that's where my anger has been over the last couple of years with the angels it's not even the fact that they're not contending it's not even the fact that they're seemingly an organization without a you know without a true path that they're following the my issue has been like when this happens when we're in a situation where nobody's producing we're floundering as an organization they're just like yeah, eff it. We're just we're just gonna see this thing through. How about you just say, you know what? You, we want to see what we have in our younger guys. Give the young guys a legitimate opportunity. I'm not t- talking about you know 50 games. I'm talking, I'm talking about give David McKinnon the keys to the kingdom, give Stefanic the keys to the kingdom. And sure, you know, they they might be doing that with Ranjifo now. They're gonna give Ranhifo the keys to you know second base. Mm-hmm maybe he flips a shortstop sometime with Fletcher. I, I don't know. That's really going to depend probably on how Fletcher is doing. Yeah. He had, he's looked good post-surgery, but um, yeah, it's really going to depend with that. But yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't get the DFA of him at all.
0: And this franchise, like you said, they're not, they're not going one way. They're just, well, they are, they're, they're not adjusting. It's like what we, yeah, it's like what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. It's like what we talked about the other day. It's like, you know, other teams adjust. You know, just like in football, you play four weeks, and you know maybe a team starts out hot, but then people realize what they're doing. They start losing because they didn't adjust to the other teams adjusting to them. The Angels don't adjust to what other major league teams do. They just go out there with the same goddamn game plan. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Don't change it. And it looks like they're not they're they're going about that same way when it comes to rookies and realizing, hey, the season's lost. You know, let's let's see what we got in these guys, because now would be the primest of prime times to freaking see what you got, no matter who it is, from starters to relievers to bench players to role players. Like, let's see what we got. Let's pull up a guy from double A or triple A. And I mean, what are we playing for here? We got nothing to play for. So you might as well see what you got. Maybe they're trade pieces, because my thing to you, Fernando, is and I'll ask you this question. Does David McKinnon clear waivers at least so we can get him back? Or do you think that there's a team out there like, man, the angels are dumbasses?
1: I've asked myself this question several times over the last couple of days. I I don't see him clearing waivers. I hope I'm wrong for the love of God. I hope I'm wrong. And maybe we're valuing him a little too high, you know, and no, it's not just because we interviewed him. Trust me. Not everyone we interview, we think is gold. You know what I mean? We understand it's a business and everything. I mean, you know, Packy Naughton left, and we're like, eh. You yeah. know, it, it, it happens. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Packy Naughton was a good dude. You know, he had potential. I, I like I like what we saw out of him, but, you know, hey, it happens. Mm-hmm. But McKinnon, I legitimately thought, had some major league potential. I kind of knew that it wasn't going to be here, but I didn't think it was going to end like this. Yes. I thought he was going to be a trade deadline piece. I thought he was going to be involved in maybe a trade with like a Joe Adele to go out there and get some pitching. Granted, that was before we decided to suck. Yeah. But not wear paper bags, though. We're not doing that.
0: No, no, no. Because someone might Sickos? snatch it off our head. <laughs> but I'll, I will tell yeah. you this, Fernando. You're on 100% correct. 100% correct. Me and you both thought not only is he a great interview. But he actually he's he's a baseball player he's a yep. guy that's determined to be better at what he does level-headed and, yeah very much so mm-hmm. and we saw what he could do in spring training we saw what he what he did so far up here and me and you were like, hey we're proud of this guy but we but you were the first to say it and then I'm like yeah you're right I didn't see him long term because of love affair with Walsh and other players that they have on this team there just seemed to be too much of a log jam and he was progressing too fast through the system so we both you know, after a while thought, hey, this is going to be a guy who's going to get dealt. And uh, it's just like you said, man, very, very disappointing on how he how he's out of this organization. You know, he he could I know there's could be a team that could use
1: him right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll say this. If you're a fan, there's some people probably have a fetish. You're going to gaslight it. And if you like being gaslit, the Angels fan base is for you. Mm-hmm. The Angels, period, are for you. <laughs> I mean, that's just what this whole trade deadline was—just being gaslighted. Mm-hmm. You know, or even this off season. You know what I mean? We kind of thought we were going to have one thing. I mean, on paper, we had a great team, and nope. Talk about getting your feelings manipulated completely.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, because again, I'll go back to it. The month that's always hurt us has been April, and this month of April was great. So we, we were all in. We were no. all in thinking, man, once it get past April, man, watch out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it hasn't worked out like that at all. Uh, a friend of the page, uh, I, I won't disclose who, but I mean, I'm sure you could probably figure it out if you think Lincoln Hart, said that this was the L of the year for the Angels. Mm.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking uh, about.
1: Uh, yeah, this was the L of the year that the Angels could have possibly had uh, so the next move that we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk about the Noah Syndergaard trade. Uh, Mickey Moniak and Jadiel Sanchez are coming here in exchange for Noah Syndergaard. And obviously Noah Syndergaard is a rental. The Phillies are picking up the remainder of his $7 million. Angels gave him $21 million. Obviously the way that the trade to lend work, they're just picking up the rest of his salary. So, uh, Mickey Moniak, this season's got a minus 0.06 more 46 at bats with the Phillies. He had six hits and was batting 130. He's a career 129 hitter. Mm-hmm. He's only had 93 at bats at the major league level, so not exactly a piece that's been a, a very sexy piece. Sam Blum compared him to um, it was a Phil Nevin. Phil Nevin was a former uh, first overall pick, took him a couple years to get hot. Mickey Moniak was also. So a number one overall pick in 2016, which was I the same year that Taylor Ward was drafted. No, was that the Matt Dice year? I think that was the Matt Dice year. Dice year, yeah. So you know, <clears throat> hey, sometimes it does take these guys a little longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Taylor Ward. I mean, granted, he's kind of tapered off pretty drastically. Coletic. honestly, he was
0: that. I was going to say the Mariners Colletic or whatever his name is.
1: Yep, um, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Taylor Ward was kind of a guy who I wanted to see go along with another piece in exchange for Hoppy over mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh. Just yeah. saying, Philly still would have gotten some controllable help in the outfield with some pop. I
0: think this was a change of scenery trade for him. Um, you know, so we'll see if that pans out here. And he's not a four A guy, but I think the the guy that you're going to mention next, which is yell Sanchez. I think that's the guy I think I'm keying in on because he's got a better well, he's not the potential that you know uh, the other player Montiac was, but uh Sanchez he's he's got okay numbers for a, like a first season in the majors. So
1: yeah, so Sanchez uh, two thousand two minor league, he's batting two thirty-nine with a two eighty-eight on base percentage, but career in the minors, he's batting two forty four with a three oh three on base percentage
0: yeah so he's not sexy but he's a player that like right now when he came up i think he has what six homers 19 rbis or something like that
1: yep six homers 19 rbis Yep, two stolen bases Mm
0: -hmm. yeah he's a guy that can get you decent outfield he reminds me a lot of marsh last year is he going to make that turn and be better here let's see what happens when we get new coaches because he ain't gonna advance when he comes if he's looking to fix his game or get it better he's got to wait till next season (laughs)
1: Yeah, he's got a nearly perfect fielding percentage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we... He has a
1: 936 fielding percentage. And besides that, I see a lot of a thousands here. He's got a 957 career in the minors. If you want to see him play, guys, he's currently on the 66ers. So here's your chance to go watch him if you want to see what we ended up getting for Noah Syndergaard. hmm And uh, he was a 12th-round pick. 360th overall in 2019. So, you know, he's still a pretty th- young kid. He's only 21.
0: They threw him down to the Sixers? Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: I think he was on the high A team for the Philly. So it's not like it was a drastic drop.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think he's super insulted by it.
0: I thought he was double A. My bad. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah, we didn't, we did not get what we wanted for Syndergaard. That's a, absolutely, uh, absolutely the head scratcher there. And I, we thought that was it for the day.
1: Yeah. I think like you had said though, um, the blue Jays were out on Cinder guard. So they probably just had to do a quick pivot and they were like, whatever, whatever we can get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's be real. Getting these two pieces is still better than getting nothing.
0: Yeah. He could have walked for free.
1: Exactly. No matter which way you see it, for a team that wasn't going to contend anyway, which, let's face it, shut up, Halo Honks, this team's not going to contend, and that was the throw-in of the towel for sure, Um, you got to get whatever you can. You watch you know? your
0: mouth, Fernando. You got to watch that potty mouth. This team always contends. Val Hartley is a Halo Honk for life, and she hey, knows
1: what's going on. Roger, why don't you go watch Judge Stamos? Yeah, exactly Watch it, you go watch it, buddy Exactly And then go wash your sheets after, Roger Because we know what you did in there (laughs) Oh, I love this episode of Full House Where he goes and he swims At Disney World (laughs) Take your shirt
0: You remember when you used to be able to Rewind videos, boy I broke my VCR rewinding John Stamos coming out of the pool Yeah, (laughs) there you go (laughs)
1: <laughs> um okay yeah so maniac jadiel sanchez all right so now that you've gotten some time to marinate you're still not a fan of that trade
0: no not but but like you said it's one of those where you just take it with a grain of salt because you weren't going to get anything else they spent they literally spent the entire day talking to the toronto toronto blue jays mainly about uh, because other teams were out from the the get go from the night before. I think the Yankees had been talking to them before the Montas thing. There was a couple other teams in on on Syndergaard, but not too many. The Syndergaard, we thought the Syndergaard, uh, what do you call it? The uh, the hype on him for the trade would be you know a lot more teams in on it, but it wasn't as hot as we thought. So it came down to basically two teams, the Phillies and the uh um the the uh, Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays were engaged with them like basically all day. And the Phillies, uh, they—I don't know if they tried to package with them, but they, it didn't work. And they, the Marsh thing was hot, so that went first. And then, like you said, they got what they could at the end.
1: Yeah, my dad's a Padres fan, and he really wanted Syndergaard. He was just like, "Man, that was that was a trade the Padres should have made." you know. He wanted them to get Soto, but he also wanted some pitching. So um, I, I wonder if the Padres even called. I'd be I'd be tempted to know if they even gave a phone call, a it courtesy like- call.
0: It seemed like they might have been. They were in on everybody almost there for a minute. Yeah, right. So.
1: Talk about the team that won their trade deadline. Um, So let's see what else here. The, the other big trade was obviously the Raciel Iglesias trade.
0: Not my Raycel
1: closer. Iglesias. Was that?
0: Not my closer.
1: Yeah, there you go. Not my closer. There you go. Make your shirt. <laughs> exactly. Racial Iglesias and his – what, $51 million remaining on his contract in exchange for Tucker Davidson and Jesse Chavez. Now, this was the one that got huge reactions out of us. And I think it was just the initial shock that he got traded. Now, here's where I stand on it, you know, and you let me know how, how you feel. I I wasn't quite ready to give up on Raycel Iglesias. Now, this isn't, uh, you know, me making excuses for him this isn't me bringing out my inner, that's my closer. This is me, you know, just thinking like, hey, Rysele Iglesias is a proven major league closer. He's been there. He's had some big saves. He's been to the playoffs and, and he's had some, su- uh, some success doing that. You know, so he, he's been to the stage, maybe not the big stage, you know, in the terms of the world series or late in the playoffs, but he's been to the stage. That's more than a lot of this Angels team could say. Now, I understand the viewpoint that a lot of Angels fans have, which was, we're not winning any games right now. Why do we need an elite closer? Which is fair. That's a very valid point. But in theory, next year is your one-year window. As of right now, I haven't heard anything about a Shobu Ohtani extension, and we probably won't until this offseason. season. I said that the Brandon Marsh trade is what – you know, costs you your job. This, the exact same thing, tenfold. This is the move that gets you fired if it doesn't pan out. If Rysel Iglesias goes on to Atlanta to have a, have three dominant seasons, the angels flounder for the next couple of years to find a legitimate closer. Sure. Ben joy is great. The guy throws 105 miles an hour and he has had previous, he previously has had Tommy John surgery from my understanding. So, with that being said, you never know when a potential injury is around the quarter. No, that's not me jinxing it. That's me simply stating a fact. He's had shoulder issues in the past, and you never know what the future is going to bring, especially for a guy who throws so hard. So, here's hoping it doesn't happen. I've got some wood here. I'm knocking on it so hard. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about K-Fed knocking Britney Spears back in the 2000s. Oh, wow. That's a throwback. Yeah, there you go. Todd understood that we because it from his time. <laughs> it was from the, when
0: NTV played videos. That's how long ago that was. Oh
1: God! There you go. All right, here you go, Mr. Bowling for Soup. From <laughs> when K. Fed was a WWE wrestler. There you go. Uh, there you only go. the real ones remember. Speaking of wrestling, stay tuned for some some fun news with that. I don't oh. know if we'll drop it just yet, but man, that's I'm excited for that. Will we drop it like it's hot? Yeah, we'll drop it like me dropping su- uh, a suplex on John Stamos on the top rope. with my third leg
0: hey it's todd fox here do you want a cash offer for your house fair price for your house buys homes no matter the condition of the home or circumstances Whether you're getting a divorce, need extensive repairs, or behind on your payments, fair price for your house will give you the cash offer within 24 hours of receiving your info and pay you out in as little as seven days. No agents, no commission, no hidden fees, and best of all, no obligation. So now I'm just thinking, what the heck are you waiting for? If you're interested in finding out what your house cash offer is, give them a call now. Get your free no obligation cash offer. The number is 562 455 7154. Once again, it's 562 455 7154. And tell him Todd Fox sent you. Um, yeah. So... Well, he
1: asked why my face is so low into his butt.
0: <laughs> well, here's, here's what I feel about that Ross Seal thing. I mean, I, it was like hitting you with a ton of bricks, but. I heard some people say I don't know who it was from our show or if it was a comment or I think it might have been a, a comment on my uh, post game or a phone call. Either way, I just remember someone saying that Rossil was was only good with a lead in a blowout or a save situation. He was no good in a tie situation. He was no good trying to keep the team within a run or or just getting work in. He he seemed to be very very bad at that, and his ERA was up.
1: Most posers are though. Yeah, but
0: but I. I I do say this: He was abused earlier in the season, not used enough. I think uh, he sat way too many times. He was, you, you know, he wasn't able to stay warm because, again, Joe Madden said it himself. Even though he used uh, Rassil as much as four times in a row last year in in save or close situations, trying to save that season, um, he went only one game and then would sit him the next game. He he's done you know a day off before a day off with him. Uh, you know, so this organization misused him. And I think with him going to Atlanta, this is a a clear salary dump. Like you called it from like the moment it happened. But him going to Atlanta is only beefing up Atlanta's chances to get to the World Series. Now, I don't know if they're going to go Kelly Jansen in the eighth and him in the ninth. Uh, that's what I would go to. But this for changes everything. And like last night, you saw it. Keheda comes out. They had about what 15,000 fans there at the stadium, 22 supposedly that paid 22,000. And nobody cheered Kejada coming in there because they're like, oh, oh, yeah. And when, but when you had Rasil, you had his song, you had his, his attitude, the flare, the fire, his, his theatrics at the end pointing to the sky. He was a good guy. He loved it here. And that's why he signed the four year uh, extension. And then for him to not even make it one year into the extension, not because of injury. But because we had to trade him, or we did trade him, it's very, very disappointing. Now it's like all or nothing. We pushed all our chips, and now Shohei knows more than anything, it's him for us or nothing.
1: Let me ask you this. Was Rysel Iglesias broken? Not right now. I mean in general. Is Rysel Iglesias broken? No. Okay, because I was seeing that a lot, and I'm sure you saw it in the comment section too. This is a good move. Rysel Iglesias is broken. Is he?
0: No, no, because you, really broken, you, you know. watch how Atlanta uses their pitchers, number one, and then you watch how they're consistent and winning. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, a lot of innings down the stretch. You watch him get back to his dominance that he had last year and the start of this year.
1: Okay. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I don't think my celebrations was broken. I don't think trading him was the answer. You know, that's not a move. That I necessarily loved when it happened. That's not a move that I thought, that I honestly think is going to be good for us next year. You're putting a lot of hope on guys like Tapera or Loop to be able to step up. Kejada, you're putting a lot of, uh, you know, pressure on Ben Joyce, who we just drafted. I keep seeing his name everywhere. Oh, or Sam Bachman. These are young kids who you're thinking are going to step in and replace one of baseball's elite closers. That's not a hot take. That's, That's a
0: well, yeah, look at how many of these young guys you're talking about. When you talk about a team that supposedly wants to get Otani and Trout to the World Series and Rendon, if you want to throw him in there, the only way you're going to do that is with it, <laughs> that guy that we forgot to bubble wrap at the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, like pitching, when you look at even at last year's team, the Atlanta Braves, you look at the Dodgers, you look at team the Astros, Teams that get to the World Series, yes, they have young kids that have come up that maybe have a year or less of experience that make moves like a, like a Frankie Rodriguez down the stretch to get into the World Series playoffs, whatever. But you need the perfect kind of mix of veterans and also role players that have been there through the years. Yep. And this team, if you're going to start over, you're going to be like making the pitching staff all new and forcing, like you said, these rookies to come out. Of uh, freaking the trash panda's organization, Salt Lake Beast, and throw them into the fire. That's not exactly winning baseball. That's not exactly championship caliber baseball.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's the fact of the matter is that now the Angels have quite a bit of money coming off the books for next season, right? You don't have to worry about um Justin Upton's contract. You don't even have to worry now about Ricelle's contract. I'm trying to see exactly how, how much he's supposed to be getting next season. I know it was four-year, $58 million, but his contract was backloaded. So this year he was getting 10. Mm-hmm. Next year he's supposed to get 16, 16, and then 16. Okay, yeah, so it is backloaded, yeah. Uh, I thought it was more drastic than that. I thought next year was going to be like 13, and the year afterward was going to be, you know, more. But, yeah, so it's 16, 16, 16.
0: And how much did they save with Upton?
1: Uh, off the top of my head, I believe it was – it's about either twenty three or $28 million, but I'm looking right now.
0: They didn't take a cap uh, hit for that, right?
1: This year they did. They're paying his contract still in full.
0: Okay. Okay. So... Because it looks like, for me, I mean, they're going to save money, obviously, but...
1: Here's... 27 is what he's getting. Okay. So 28, yeah.
0: Here, Here's my thing, and I'll ask you if you feel the same way. I think they're going to... I think... Even Shohei, even his agent is not like a, uh, what's a Boris-type dude. But I know most of these guys in his body language so far with Shohei, I think Shohei gives them to spring training. And if they don't come up with a contract extension by then, I think he shuts, the, shuts it down and says, I'm focused in on being the best Shohei Otani for 2023. I'll give you all I got. And he either forces the Angels into a trade or he forces them in because – You know, or are you going to have to play with even more fire? And what if the Angels make the postseason? You can't trade Otani at the end of 2023. He tests free agency.
1: Yeah, he strikes me as a guy who would be a, uh, I'm going to test free agency no matter what guy. Yeah, I, I don't know why. That's just the vibe I'm getting. And I hope to God I'm wrong, especially now. You know what I mean? Obviously, now this is the course. This is probably the plan. I can't see any other situation. Asked you why they get rid of Byssell Iglesias other than he was a salary. Dump. Yeah, we got Tucker Davidson. Great. Tucker Davidson has potential, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, said, he's got, you said he's that got, with so much confidence, by the way. I
1: just... Yeah, he's got a career 511 ERA. He's right now he's got a 6.46 ERA on the season. He's one and two pissed in four games for a total of 15 innings. So, yeah, he's 37 major league innings with a 5.11 ERA. So, yeah, go figure. He's got a lot of potential. Great. Okay. What I'm that, saying here That's is, my closer. Yeah. There you go. My <laughs> goddamn closer. You know, I, you, I, I'm just reading the numbers. I have yet to see him pitch. I haven't even seen any video on him specifically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to give him some benefit of the doubt. And, you know, the other thing that we're discounting is that he was a Perry Manassian guy, right? Perry was there. So maybe Perry knows something about him that we don't know.
0: Yeah. It could be.
1: But, I mean, either way, it's worth a shot.
0: I mean when I saw that move to Atlanta literally in the post game I was like that was Perry calling up his boys saying look man I'm I'm struggling here in Anaheim the owners on my ass I got to cut payroll you guys uh, could could always use some extra help for the playoffs how about taking on Seal? and they were like yeah just take take Jesse Chavez even though he's pitched good for us but he's 38 and he's got a 2 ERA and take this Davidson dude that you know you drafted and he's like sure why not there you go
1: I heard that Tucker Davidson was a higher up prospect for them. Apparently, Perry wanted a higher prospect, but since the Braves were taking the, you know, the Iglesias contract, they were just like, no.
0: Yeah, you got. You kind of at this point got to take what you can get. So, I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> look. I I might even say that you you could see Chavez closing. I mean, <laughs> uh, he's got closer mentality, and right now it was funny because I uh, they were talking about C- Cahueta and how he got that closing opportunity last night. He literally just went to a Nevin and said, I want to close. And Nevin's like, all right. So, I mean, there wasn't yeah. too much thought to it.
1: Yeah, man, I don't I don't know. Not everything here makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what, though, does make sense?
0: Going to, an, going to an Angel game, sitting in section 106, 106, mind you, and buying three tickets – for less than the price of parking. How about that? You can get $3 tickets for the section 106 and still pay less than the $10 parking.
1: Not bad. Yeah, didn't, didn't I just tell you yes, yesterday during the live show, the tickets for the game tomorrow were like literally $2.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> tickets for tomorrow's game are $2. I'll check right now. And obviously by the time you guys listen to this, this is today. So if you guys want to head on out of the ballpark and watch Shohei Otani do what Shohei Otani does best, which is cream in my mouth. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> did I I didn't say that out loud, did I? James, can you add that out?
0: Oh yes, you did. You did say it. Yeah. Yep, two dollars, still two dollars. Wow, so you basically <laughs> you basically can go for the price of a, you take four of your, you know, four family members for two dollars each. And uh, still not be able to afford a souvenir cup. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> go figure.
1: I mean, I would imagine that field level seats are still expensive, right? Let's see.
0: Oh, yeah, there's still they still range from about 21 to 56 bucks, maybe a little more.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be in section, yeah, 124 is 60 bucks. Yeah, I did. I mean, that's still pretty low.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. low, but come on, man. I mean, like, I would literally, I still think, and I stand behind. We need to do that blind date episode at some point from the season, from like the worst seat in the goddamn house, pay like a dollar. You're like, yeah.
1: We only spare the most for our fans. Yeah. By the way, if anybody wants to help us with that and you want to go on a blind date uh, with Todd Fox being the host, <laughs> please reach out. I mean, if you, if you want to get set up for a real, for a real date, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll find you a good date. Let us know what, you know, your preferences. And this can be for a male or female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and uh, Todd Fox does not discriminate. So no matter what side of the fence you are there, on the sexual orientation ladder, Todd Fox will help you out. <laughs> we're a progressive show.
0: It doesn't matter which organ you prefer. We're all we're all human. Yeah. Unless you identify as a fish or a tree, you just let us know.
1: Which in that case, you're still human. You just aren't into humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but uh,
0: but yeah we do we do cross the line at bestiality there's none of that stuff
1: there so yeah well exactly we can't cover it legally <laughs> yeah if you want to be into that that's on you exactly, exactly. head head on over another page for that if you like that our name is halos halo haven
0: <laughs> <laughs> leave
1: us a leave us a review
0: wow we're making all kinds of friends right now. <laughs>
1: I I, I, I had to say somebody.
0: Yeah. You're all, hmm, all right. We already messed with them. All right.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna go into the check. Mike up my name is Mike Up the Halo. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. So those three trades kicked us in the balls. Kinda sucked. Um any other ones you want to talk about before or, or anything else you want to hit on with the with the halos here?
1: Let's real quick talk about that Juan Soto trade. Let's do it. Because, I mean, that was obviously the big, the big domino in all of Major League Baseball, right? I mean, that was the one that everybody was holding their breath. It was Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. The Eagles announced the day before we're not trading Shohei Otani. Let me ask you this real quick. How many phone calls did Perry Minazzi get about Shohei Otani? Over under on, like, 100. I'm talking, obviously, about teams calling multiple times to try to work things out. Do you think there was over a hundred calls dash texts exchanged by Shohei Otani?
0: I would have to say about a week and a half before the deadline, he probably fielded over 200 phone calls at least. Do you think so? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Th- there had to be a couple of these teams. I honestly, I can't think of too many teams who wouldn't have even checked in on Otani for the marketing alone.
0: We, yeah, you know we, what I mean? we, we know of only three or four that, you know, admitted that they were talking or calling about. So I believe it was the Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, and I think the
1: Padres were thrown in there.
0: Padres. Yes. So it was those top four teams were calling a lot and actually put packages together. Yeah. So, so, so it's not like they were just like, Hey, what do you want for him? Is he on the market? They were like, Hey, we can do this, this and that. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting in a parallel universe to see what team you would have ended up on. I think honestly, it would have been Padres. Or Dodgers.
0: I think it would have been the Yankees. The Yankees had put together. You think so? Yeah, the Yankees had put together uh from what I have seen on a couple of tweets, uh they had they were really aggressive with the Angels calling a lot <clears throat> and okay. also having a, a pretty big package for, for him. Uh calm down, Roger. But but uh they, yeah. they had a they had something set for Otani and it just you know they were. it'd
1: be really fun to see some of those proposals. They really, yes. really would. Yes. I'm on a parallel universe where we get to talk to Perry Manazian and, and ask him some dumb questions. That's one of the questions I'd ask. Like, hey, yo, who, 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 what was the craziest piece you got offered for Shohei Ohtani?
0: Well, let me ask you this because I don't know if they have to sign waivers or whatnot, but let's just say Perry's fired in a couple of years, and we have Perry on the line or we interview him about his time with the Angels.
1: Couldn't... Shohei Ohtani just got pinched hit for right now. Oh wow! During the game, which I means a big deal.
0: That's not good exactly um so what what if what if let's say two like i said two years from now he's removed from the angels gm he doesn't have a job he's not with any organization and me and you get him on an interview could he answer those questions like if we said hey remember trade deadline a couple of years ago and they were offering you know what were they offering for otani do you think he can answer in confidence
1: probably i mean i don't think you have to sign an nda about that
0: that's my That was my question about it. I, I
1: wouldn't believe so. I mean, I don't think it's secret information unless you're in it. And even then, it's not secret. I mean, realistically, you can say whatever the hell you want, but you're only hurting yourself. I mean, look at Billy Epler. True. <laughs> that, guy was, that guy was out there like, uh, you know, the the old uh, music videos were like, there was like a, like a cute girl getting dressed up in front of the window, and the guy was watching her get dressed. You know what I mean? Like, that was Billy Epler getting dressed in front of the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or just like he's that guy that when you're on the airplane, when you just want to put that pillow behind your head, knock out and have a nice flight. And he's tapping you on the shoulder like, hey, you want to see pictures of my kids? Hey, check this out. My family vacation Hawaii two years ago.
1: Luckily, I haven't had that yet. The worst I got was some girl who kept uh, trying to get me to uh... she kept asking me questions about the movie A Christmas Story oh
0: come on look that's a classic movie but leave a guy alone if he's on the plane you know what i mean come on
1: yeah honestly like i'm the kind of guy like if, if i'm at an airport it's fine i i actually had one person a couple months ago run into me at lax and asked for like a photo and all that. They're like hey you're the guy from halos infield." happened one time and that was when we were pretty early on mm-hmm. um but yeah if i'm at an airport it's fine but if i'm in an airplane don't bother me
0: exactly yeah
1: exactly. i'm normally i'm normally the first seat when you walk in on the left side <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't bother me.
0: Exactly, man. That's
1: I'm, my I'm, favorite. I'm, the flight attendants to wake you up when you're asleep.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're clearly knocked down. They're all peanuts. You want a little soda? No,
1: damn it. Yeah, I've made it very clear before not to wake me up, and I've gotten woken up.
0: Hmm, figures. Maybe you need those sunglasses with "Don't wake me up." On the phone. Yeah,
1: front. no. Uh, that's well. The song in the background plays off my phone. Don't wake me up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh wait, Shoot. no, it's so wake me up when it's so. I don't know. I don't then, like music.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You, you don't even have a favorite band. That's crazy.
1: I have a favorite band. I'm just not a big music guy.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So with that being said, we uh we got to hit on that blind date though thing. We we got to agree. Yeah, because I think that would that would bring some uh some uh release excitement to the end of the season if we did that in September sometime yeah
1: I agree with you
0: but uh yeah with that being said like uh, again the, oh the one getting back to the Juan Soto trade
1: uh, oh yeah yeah Mackenzie Gore CJ Abrams, Robert Hassel, James Wood Harlan Susanna and Luke Voigt go to the Nationals obviously from the Padres and the Padres get Juan Soto and Josh Bell the first baseman and then in a corresponding move they traded Eric Cosman. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, they already have Eric Cosmer, They traded him away. And now Josh Bell is their first baseman. I mean, so what do you think? So in terms of a return, is that about the return you expected?
0: I think so. I think you get five really good players. And it sets up, you know, like we talked about what we can get for Otani the last time. And we figured, okay, you know, we did it with VT as well. It, like, you can get a really good haul for him. Not now it's going to be knocked down a little bit, but you still can get a good haul for him. But what they did for Juan Soto, which was amazing, was getting Josh Bell even. Yep. You, you could have got those five players just for Soto. And they got Josh Bell. So I think this is one of those rare trades where the Padres will win now with that trade. We'll see what happens when they try to re-up those dudes. Or And, and you look at the Nationals and say, hey, they set themselves up for a really nice future. So I think it worked out for both teams.
1: Yeah, we were talking yesterday, and I said I thought the Nationals were the winner of the trade deadline. I mean, sure, they're not going to win anymore right now. Honestly, I think they're a better team today than they were yesterday. I agree. At the beginning of the day. You know what I mean? Because this trade's going to work out for them. And the big thing for the Padres is Juan Soto is not a free agent until 2025. So this is a move that will keep paying off for the Padres.
0: And here's the thing. Surprise, surprise. Two superstars on a team that was pretty much top-heavy with just a bunch of role players underneath them. You 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 know you trade away these two guys and uh, look what's going to happen. That's teams. Yeah, the fans might be upset because these two guys and Bell wasn't their guy. Bell came from Pittsburgh, but Soto was their guy. He has a World Series thing. You've, you've seen about the players like Harper, Scherzer, um, you know Rendon, uh, Turner. A bunch of other guys have left the Nationals since that World Series team in 2019. But the thing is, they got they're hitting the reset button. They know what they're doing. We're still going to be top heavy with Trout, Otani, and Rendon. So, I mean, who's making the right moves right here? Do you think the Nationals are in a better spot right now to win early or you know or or get back to winning or are the Angels there?
1: Uh, I I don't know, man. I mean, don't ask me that question right now. It's really going to depend on what happens this off-season and honestly, it's going to depend what happens after that. Uh, you know, I'm done predicting when the Angels are going to be competitive. It it obviously isn't working out for us. <laughs> you we're mean we're it's not good fun. at <laughs>
0: You're not enjoying being disappointed.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I mean, what I'm not enjoying is having to consistently come on to this podcast and be realistic. People think that we get enjoyment out of coming on here and bashing the team, bashing the front office, bashing the players. I don't like doing that. Literally, I'm no different than many of you. Go, if you were to go, Go look at my walk-in closet. 80% of my clothes is Angels items. Mm -hmm. I have so many Angels sets, I can barely fit them in a box. I have an entire side of my closet that's just baseball jerseys, and 90% of them are Angels jerseys.
0: Just look at your man cave before.
1: Look at my man cave before. Every single autograph item I've gotten there, except for maybe two of them, I got by hand. I used to go to Angel Stadium at 1130 in the morning, driving up from San Diego, mind you.
0: Riding your bike up the 5 Freeway from San Diego.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With my main squeeze in the basket, (laughs) Shelly O'Tony. Yeah, I would be there at 1130 in the morning. I'd go get some Blaze Pizza at the main place mall with you know whichever buddy I'm going to the game with that day. We would wait until 4 p.m. or 3.30, because that's typically when all the players arrive, and just sit there for hours and try to get autographs. That is what we did 50 times a year mm-hmm. for five straight years until COVID ruined it. That's what I did almost, almost every game. Obviously I didn't do it all 50 times, but out of the 50 ish games I went to every year, I would do it about 30 times. And that's what I did. And that's why now I have so many autographs. I I don't, I honestly, my parents' closet back in San Diego, that my, my old closet there, I have just bins of autographed baseballs. You saw that. We had the tailgate last year. I literally just gave them away. People were like, Oh my God. And I'm like, honestly, I've (laughs) just take it.
0: Yeah, you had so many autographs <laughs> from different angels players. It was it was pretty cool. You were giving them away randomly, and then people got the baseballs and you were explaining who they were. And that was that was cool. People were, were stoked for it. Um, I, I'm still tempted.
1: One of these days I'll give away my trout. One of my trout. I have I five, would... I have five Mike Trout signed baseballs. I'm very lucky to have met Mike Trout five times. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I feel like it'd be, that'd be a really good giveaway. Maybe I save it for a really big giveaway, a really big milestone for the page. But one day I feel like I will give one of them away.
0: That would be a tremendous giveaway. I'm just saying, but going back to what you were saying, though, I'm hundred percent there with you. Uh, I would, as the team is basically given us so much to ridicule, so much to go after so much to scratch your heads about so yeah we're we're gonna be negative from time to time but when they're when they're good again i mean i hate to have to explain it but it seems like since we've been on the air since halos in the infield has started we have been i would have to say 70 percent of the time we've been negative we've had an off season to marinate on trades and the uh, potential of this team being good i mean last year when we jumped on as a network the team was already fading under 500. They were already like doing the regular things and not winning uh, and then having a lot of injuries. And then this year had so much promise. So the, you know, 20% of the season, we were stoked. We were, we were on board. Everything was going good. We were positive. We still had things to be like, okay, well this needs to work here. This needs to change here. And then we could be better but there was that positivity that we're like, Hey, we still see the light at the end of the tunnel. Looks like we're going to break down that uh, playoff barrier that we've been continually hitting. But now it just, you know, again, we're in a situation where we just had three trades that hurt the fans emotionally. We don't know how it's going to be going uh, further on. The attendance is down. Mike Trout's not even in the lineup. Big question mark on Shohei Otani. What do we do with the field? I mean, there's so much to talk about, but none of it's positive.
1: Yeah. And I think the other big thing now is, you know, they're saying that uh, Mickey now is going to be getting the bulk of the reps in center field, which now begs the question, where does that leave Mike Trout? Is this some foreshadowing? Are we starting to get to those days of, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Fast forward three months, the season's over. He never came back. Is, are we trending in that direction? Because if that's the case, then we really got to take a look at Mike Trout, you know, to the point where is it even worth it to have Otani around anymore? Because at some point you're going to have to turn Trout into just a DH. If he just keeps getting injured, forget putting him in a quarter outfield spot. At this point, you need to cart him between the on deck circle and the batter's box.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, is he even going to be able to DH, you know, because a back is not like, Oh, He's just using his back in the outfield. I mean, he's obviously violently swinging. So yeah. if uh, if if he's not ready to go, if he's not a guy who's if he's going to shut it down again this season, that begs a question of the: Do we now just say, hey, you know what, we got to move on from Trout, or do we give him another season? I mean, that that will become very real if we don't see him back on the field this season
1: yeah i I don't think they move on from trout honestly, ever. I, does, I think see he retired. I don't think Trout would retire either. He strikes me as a really, really prideful guy. Strikes me as a guy who, you know, you know, is in theory a really hard worker, you know, just because you know that that's kind of what they want to pretend they are in New Jersey, and that's no knock to him. That's a big knock towards New Jersey. <laughs> um, I hate it there. I wouldn't. The
0: you know. smell is great, as you've been, as you said over and over.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, you know, when I'm there in two weeks, I'll try to send you a container. I'll grab a container, close it, and then send it to you.
0: Please, please do that.
1: You open You're, it up, and all of a sudden, you just pass out. Sort of like a fart in a can. Yes, I. There want. you go. Hey, there's women who sell their farts for a lot of money on OnlyFans. <laughs> Roger tried that; it didn't work out well for him.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a market for panties too. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen that in China. So you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Roger goes over there and's like, Boy, "My I-
1: God, this oh, every day the world <laughs> strays farther and farther from God. <laughs> we stray farther and farther from God every day as a society, getting worse." <laughs>
0: uh, oh yeah,
1: It sure is. <laughs> there you go, and Roger lies at the forefront.
0: Oh yeah, he's right there. Like, I need John Stamos underwear and a vending machine. That's what I need.
1: Have <laughs> any good sniffs lately?
0: <laughs> he's like, the problem is it's only good for about four or five, and then I have to put money in for another one.
1: Yeah, right, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes rolling in the back of his head.
0: It's, like, it's like, hey Roger, you sniffing? It's like Roger, you sniffing glue? No, I'm sniffing Stamos
1: yeah <laughs> there you go that sounds like the name of a netflix show
0: <laughs> no nah, it's time probably
1: more hulu <laughs> more next hulu. time
0: on sniffin' stamos
1: yeah right stay <laughs> Stamos the musical
0: boy just wait till the podcast in september the way we're going
1: <laughs> yeah right we're not we're just a talk show at this point
0: <laughs> oh but you want to
1: tell the people about our sponsors <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I'm sure they'll see him in the bumper in the before and after.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you. See you. Thank you for checking out Halos in the infield. Make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. Make sure to review us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to check out our Redbubble by simply typing in Fast Times. ¡Viva Los Angelitos!